Are you a virtual assistant juggling all the things? You know, inquiries, contracts, payments. It can feel a little overwhelming at times trying to keep up with everything, right? Well, meet your new business BFF, insert HoneyBook. Think of HoneyBook as the upgrade your VA business didn't even know that it needed, taking you from beginner to polished and professional in no time. I've been using HoneyBook since day one of my business, and let me tell you, it's been a lifesaver for this busy mom. It's user-friendly, lets you automate workflows, and my favorite part is that it's completely customizable, so it'll look like it's native to your brand. I know what you're thinking. Do I really need a customer management platform? Well, spoiler alert, yes, you do. It's the secret ingredient that's given my VA business a 98% success rate of turning curious inquiries into solid bookings. Now, here's the deal. You can score an amazing 50% off right now if you use the link in the show notes. That's right. You heard that correctly. 50% off your entire subscription for any plan. And trust me when I say your business deserves the HoneyBook Upgrade. We are kicking off our guest series with one of my dear friends. I'm so excited for you guys to meet her today. Her name is Ashley Braswell. And Ashley is an entrepreneur, a wife, and a mother of three who has a severe passion for helping women-owned businesses succeed. As the founder of the Paid Ad Academy, Ashley has built a team that specializes in paid advertising and strategic marketing to help women entrepreneurs gain visibility and reach their target audience. Oh my gosh, don't we all want that? Outside of business, Ashley's a girl who loves Disney, puns, great coffee, and an extra full glass of wine. She's my kind of person. She believes in community over competition, ethical marketing, and widening circles so everyone has a place at the table. Without further ado, I am so excited for you guys to meet Ashley Braswell. Have you ever felt like society isn't built for moms? Maybe you're a mama with a tiny voice in your head telling you there must be another way to balance it all. You know, working, momming, all the things. Yep, I had it too. And it likely means you're in the right place. Hey, I'm Amanda Rush, a Southern mama with big city sensibilities. I'm the girl that took a daydream and built a profitable virtual assistant business all in the middle of a global pandemic. Now, I work from home alongside some of the biggest bloggers and influencers while running a six-figure agency. Come along as we dive into business, marketing, strategy, and real life as a female entrepreneur. I'm all about simple, easy, actionable steps that get real results. This podcast is for the millennial mom that is ready to kick imposter syndrome and start making money on her own terms. Get ready as we dig in, do the work, and redefine what it means to be a working mom. This is the Millennial Mom Movement. Ashley, welcome to the Millennial Mom Movement podcast. We are So excited to have you. For those of our guests that may not know you, can you tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from? Give us the details. 
Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. I already told you, but I'm like a little nervous, so excited, all the things. Um, So I'm Ashley, like you already said. I'm wife, mom. I live in the North Georgia mountains and I run a Facebook ads agency for female entrepreneurs. And then I also do just like a little bit of CMO work for a few people here and there. So it's a super fun mix of things, but mostly we just specialize in Facebook and Google ads. Which is amazing. And it's actually kind of cool because Ashley and her team of amazing women do our Facebook and Google ads for full-time VA. So I'm really excited for you guys to chat with her. One, about a little bit of Facebook and Google stuff, but also just to hear about her journey to entrepreneurship. What did it look like for you to become a mom? Because you have a few cute little kiddos at home with you. (laughs) So let's start there before we dive into the business side of things. Yeah, absolutely. I always wanted to be a mom since I was a little girl. So I'm the oldest of five kids and I just knew I wanted to have a whole gaggle of my own. And so my husband and I got married super young. We were still in college when we got married and he actually didn't even graduate college before I got pregnant. (laughs) So I went to his college graduation. He's a little bit younger than me, super like eight months pregnant, (laughs) waddling around. And we had our daughter, Amelia, who just turned 10. Uh, Actually, not just. The last year she turned 10. And then we but had in mom time, it's just, just right. Like, cause she yes. was a baby in my arms like two seconds ago. Right. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. So there's Amelia and then I have um, two boys, John and Teddy and John's eight and Teddy's two. And he's our little final baby unless God surprises us, but you know, knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Oh my gosh. And that's so cool. I had no idea that you were the oldest of five. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So Mm -hmm. I feel like you're basically a pro at this point between like siblings and three kids. You can give us newer moms all the good advice. I mean, it's all the same, right? (laughs) No matter if you have one or 17, it's it's all very similar and they all have their own issues. So my husband and I also did foster care for a little bit. I used to be a foster care social worker. So actually two of my siblings were adopted from foster care when I was 17. And then we also had a foster child in our home with my husband and I, who was a teenager when John Luke was a newborn. So it was a long time ago, but yeah, sweet girl. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. We'll have to dive into that a little bit more later. Okay. So you have three kids at home and Mm -hmm. you run your own agency. Mm -hmm. That is a lot to be managing. (laughs) Tell me about just your journey and getting there and how you even got started in the space. Yeah. So I think my journey is probably similar to a lot of people. Honestly, I kind of fell into it. I was doing photography, which is how I got into entrepreneurship in general. And photography also just kind of happened and kind of came about on its own. It turned out to be something I was super passionate about. And I was a wedding photographer for 10 years. During that time, I had my babies and I went full-time in photography after I had my first son, John. So about eight years ago, I'd already been doing it for a couple years part-time while I worked another job as a a social worker, as I already said, during my time as a social worker, it was super duper stressful. And I actually had a miscarriage. It was awful. And stress was just everywhere from all angles. And that was what kind of pushed me into really wanting to be full time. And it took some time to get there. But once I did, I would just love the freedom of entrepreneurship. And then it evolved over time. It feels like such a complex story, but it evolved because my husband's work schedule, he's a pilot. 
And so we moved around a lot and starting a service-based business over and over again when it's like an in-person service-based business like photography was super hard. And so I just started taking on like boutique. I was like, hey, do you need pictures taken for your boutique? Do you, you know, whatever. And this company in Georgia, in North Atlanta, they just took a risk on me and they were like, yeah, come do these. Oh, by the way, do you know how to do Facebook ads? And I was like, no, but I can learn. <laughs> and so I, I love that. I literally took like every course under the sun that I could find. And that's how Facebook ads started. And it just rolled fast, like super duper fast. And I fell in love with small business, female entrepreneur, like you can take on the world type vibes that I found there. And it's just been, I mean, I feel like I've been going hundred miles an hour ever since then, which has been awesome and also exhausting. But now that I have a team, it's so much better. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Isn't it crazy how like once you find that spot that you're supposed to be in, how it does kind of like snowball so quickly and looking back, you're like, oh my gosh, it took X amount of years to do this other thing. And then once I finally found where I was supposed to be, it felt like it like happened so fast. Yes. I actually just told someone this, I think it was yesterday. I was like, I feel like I have been buried in the ground for years. And now all of a sudden, like, my little shoots just like came out of the ground and it's like growing so fast and my stuff, everything's starting to blossom. And it's a really cool experience because that's not something you experience all the time. It's definitely a season, but I'm just like reveling in it at the moment. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And what a good analogy because I actually think I saw something like that on Instagram. That's like a lot of times people don't realize all the work that's like happening beneath the surface. You just see like what's happening above and you're like, oh my gosh, this beautiful flower just sprouted out of nowhere. That's so random, but it's not. It's like, (laughs) oh no, there was actually like 10 years of work that went into this. And I'm sure a lot of the things that you did when you were in the social work job, when Mm -hmm. you were in your photography job, and then learning how to rebuild a business time and time again, probably prepared you to be able to do what you're doing today, which is so cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm a firm believer in that everything you go through in life can contribute to what you do in the future in some way, as long as you choose to take it and learn from it. So I also believe if things happen to you and you don't learn from them, then you're destined to repeat them. So all the things. Yeah. Actually, what we're talking about with flower analogy, though, one of my favorite coaches on Instagram is actually my life coach. She always talks about it like chin hairs. She's like, you know how you're just like in the car and then there's like this three inch chin hair you've never noticed before and it just pops out of nowhere. She's like, that's how business is. All of a sudden it's just boom, it's there. When really it's been under the surface that whole time. Yes, that is the best analogy ever and hilarious. (laughs) It sticks with me. I'm like, I feel like I need to follow her. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she's so funny. Um, Okay, so we're in the ad space now. For somebody that has no idea about Facebook and Instagram ads, and you were like, I'm going to introduce you to me and my business, what would you say to them? Yeah. So if they have no idea about Facebook and Instagram ads, so Facebook owns Instagram. So when you run Facebook ads, we really mean you're running them on Facebook and Instagram. A lot of people don't know that. I think there's also so much about the platform itself that you can tell people. Like, you know how when something happens in your house, like your washing machine breaks, And you're like talking to your husband at night and you're like, oh, we're gonna have to get a new washing machine, like blah, blah. And then like two seconds later, you get an ad on your phone and you're like, ah, 
Lowe's is listening to me or like whatever. And that's the scary and magical part of Facebook ads because they do. And I don't know how it works, honestly, with all that part of it, but I can teach people and I do for people and help them to take advantage of this technology that's all around us, which is incredible and really cool for small businesses because it's such a great way to advertise with the big boys, like quote unquote, you know, like the big names without having to have a gigantic budget. So that's what I love about Facebook ads is just how much you can do with it. And there's, I mean, like there's a million things. If you want to grow your email list, cool. There's a kind of ad for that. You want to make sales, cool. There's an ad for that. So it's just like all kinds of things you can do with it. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people have sort of a negative stigma around the word ad. It feels Mm -hmm. like old school, scammy billboards. Like they feel like, oh, that feels weird. For somebody that might have that mindset, what advice would you give them? Well, I mean, an ad or an advertisement is really just another way of selling. And so I tend to find people that have that reaction are pretty adverse to selling in general. They're probably the same people who don't want to talk about stuff on their Instagram, who aren't comfortable with telling people what they do in real life. And to that, I would say, if you you started this business for a reason and you have something to offer to the world especially the women that we serve. We serve women who are impacting the world with purpose, just like you and the you know the VA studio and everything that you do. Like It's a very impactful business and that's who we serve. And that makes it so much easier because if you don't tell people what you're doing, you're actually withholding this help that you have for them. And if you really believe in what you're doing and that it can help people, then why wouldn't you want to tell them about it and tell the world about it? So I think if you can just really get down into your why, you're not being sleazy and salesy. I mean, some people do. Don't get me wrong. Some ads are like that, but we don't do We don't do that. We fight against that because we want to just like help people. That's, that's it at the end of the day is just communicating to as many people as possible that we're here to help and communicating to the right people. Because I mean, that's what it's all about, right? It's why we started our businesses and we want to help people make a little money while we're doing it and change the world, right? Yeah, exactly. And I love that analogy that you gave about, you know, if you get down to the root of your why and think about, okay, why do I want to spread this message? What is the purpose here? That helps kind of guide those decisions too. And I think it's hard sometimes too, because we feel weird about being like, oh my gosh, I'm amazing. My services are amazing. My product's amazing. But to your point, There are people out there who like you have a solution to their problem. And I think about so many like random products that I bought and like businesses that I've learned about because of Facebook and Instagram and even going to Google and typing in something that I'm looking for and it popped up and then it solved my problem. And I was happy at the end of the day. Like I wasn't mad. I was like, oh, this is great. Like here's the solution to the problem that I have. Yeah. We're not baiting people. We're not scamming them. We're providing them a real solution to their problem, you know? And I was going to say, when you start your business, I think a lot of us these days are in like a face. We are the face of our business. And so sometimes it can feel like you're selling, quote unquote, yourself. And you're like trying to brand yourself as the service. But honestly, that's just a form of marketing. We're really trying to sell whatever the product or the service is. So if you can at least separate it in your mind that this is a business and you have to actually sell in a business. Otherwise, you just have an expensive hobby, which really sucks. So don't do that to yourself. But yeah, it's it's fine. Don't be afraid of selling. It's okay. Okay. I love that. So I want to get into the agency side of things because I feel like this is really intriguing for a lot of people who maybe mm-hmm. don't quite understand like what a quote unquote agency is or what they might do. So what's something that a lot of people may not know about running a boutique ad agency? Yeah. I mean, running an agency is just about having a team of women who help with the tasks. And I hire contractors. Some people hire employees. 
but my contractors are also my friends. And it's it's really cool because everyone that I've hired, I know in some capacity in like real life, <laughs> you know, like I've either gone to college with them or um, I actually have a cousin that I hired who's incredible for my project manager. So it's sometimes can be a little difficult knowing people, <laughs> hiring people that you know. But for the most part, I feel like it's been awesome. And I will say like having an agency just means that I can do more of what I'm really good at. And then I can hire the people who can fill in the gaps for either things I'm not super good at or things that they're just amazing at. And we can spread the love a little bit more. And what I love about my age, especially my agency that I've built for myself is that we're all moms. We're all working from home. We all wanted this like laptop lifestyle, you know, so we could, I don't think any of us have full-time daycare. So we're all like doing the nap time hustle or the after bedtime hustle. And it's, it's honestly awesome. And the more people you hire, then we all only have to work like 10, 15, 20 hours instead of one person, me, <laughs> working like 60, 80 hours a week and wanting to die. Like, sure, I made a ton of money, but was it worth it? I don't know. I have been there. Yes, I have. I'm like, oh, this money in my bank account is great. I can't spend it because I can't leave the house. I am like literally yeah. to the laptop. <laughs> and your husband's like, wait, am I married? Do I have a, do I have a wife? Literally, um, yeah. that conversation is has definitely been had. He's like, I think you might be a workaholic, and I'm like, yeah, I think that's probably an accurate statement. <laughs> okay, yeah. so. I think that's so beautiful what you said, though, about one, being able to have a team of women who really you're able to put them in their zone of genius, but you're also giving them this gift of work-life balance, right? Because like you said, when we have a team of people, you're able to lessen the load. I think we've noticed that in our agency, too. We talk a lot about capacity with the team members and doing a lot of frequent check-ins of like, how are you feeling in this season? Because I think that changes throughout the year. I know we're going to go into summer here soon. And so kids are going to be home. So capacity in the school year might look different than capacity in the summer. And I think that's really cool to be able to decide like, okay, this is how many clients we want to take on. We want to make sure that they're all taken care of. But at the same time, like we don't want to overload the team too. So I love that you kind of think through that. I know you mentioned that you're hiring mostly people that you know. Have you ever hired somebody that's like super random or do you have like a fun story around like you just knew that this person was like it, like they were going to be amazing? Well, hiring is difficult, right? Because it's the business is like the baby for me anyways. I'm like, "Mm," and my clients, I feel very protective of because they are like making this huge investment, not only in ads management, but also in the ads themselves. And so I, I feel very protective of my clients as well. And when I first hired, I was hiring with my social worker heart and hiring people who needed a job, but didn't really know how to do the tasks. And so then I was paying them a living wage. I very strongly believe in paying our contractors a living wage. So we pay above what normal payments are because it's important to me. So I was paying a good amount of money and I was ended up training these people who were really slow. And so there were months I made no money or I went into the red because I was paying my contractors so much to train them and they didn't really know what they were doing. And then I was also like the one doing all the work at the end of the day. So that was really hard. And I had to learn a lot of really hard lessons. I've hired people off of Facebook groups before. That's been hard too. But the best, the best employees far and away are contractors or whatever have been the ones who've come to me and like been like, hey, I've seen your business. I've been watching your business and I think I can help you. This is what I can do. Or if you have any use for these skill sets, this is what I would love to be able to help you with. And then I just be like, yep. And I pluck them in and I say, here you go. And then I can help evolve them. Like 
my ads manager, she was a Google ads manager and that was it when she came to me. And so she was like, Hey, you already do Facebook. I think if we added Google, it could be really good for your business. So I did. And then I just taught her everything I knew about Facebook. And now she does both for me. So it's been really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I think we have very similar hiring processes because I also have had to learn that very hard lesson. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of like where you have to like put your foot in your mouth and just be like, okay, well, this sucks, but it is what it is. Let's move faster. (laughs) Because I'm like, oh my gosh, this person has so much potential. They could totally like do it. But then like months later, I'm like, oh yeah, this is not a smart business decision. And so Mm -hmm. we've done kind of a similar model. Like the people, a lot of times people ask me like, where do you find good people? And I'm like, Honestly, a lot of them come to me, whether that's like sending me a message on Instagram. I actually just got an email yesterday. Someone went through our sales funnel and was like, Hey, I don't mean this in any sort of disrespect. It was a very like well written, very kind email. It's like, I have some thoughts. Would you be open to me sending you a Loom video? And she's a copywriter. And I was like, I was like, heck yeah, girl. I was like, you sent me that Loom video. I am interested to hear your feedback because. If you genuinely care enough to sit through my entire sales funnel of emails and you have thoughts around how we can improve it based on our target audience, it's going to help benefit our target audience. Yeah, let's do it. And so in my mind, I was like, oh, I can't wait to see what she comes up with because like maybe she's a good fit for the team, you know? And that's how like a lot of our people have come to us too. So I think that's really cool. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, yes. And like, if I have a really good team member and they have a friend who is looking for a job, like I'm always happy to interview people. And sometimes it's just, I will say, this is my piece of advice for anyone who's like, oh, I'm going to start an agency. Don't hire someone with no end date insight. Hire someone on like a project base. And then if they do a killer job, then you can extend. And this is the introvert in me that like hates conflict. (laughs) I'm like, I don't want to fire anyone. Okay, so I'll hire you for six weeks and this is your project. And then they kill it. And I'm like, hey, would you be interested in staying on? Or if they suck it up, I can do anything for six weeks, which maybe not good business advice. <laughs> but then I'm like, okay, the project's done. Thanks so much. Peace. I love that. No, I think that's great advice. That's part of why we have a combination of employees and contractors in our business model. And nobody starts out as an employee. Everybody comes in as a contractor kind of for the same reason, because I'm like, okay, we need to make sure that you vibe with the team. And like, before we make yeah. this huge investment to like switch you over to be an employee. So I think that's one thing that people don't realize. It's not a matter of like, oh, you're a 1099 versus a W-2. There's like a lot of added business expenses for a small business, like hire an employee. It's insane. I had no idea. That's so Um, crazy. I'm still so overwhelmed by that. So I'm impressed that you have W-2s because I'm like, oh, I'm so scared. Okay. When you get there, just pick up that phone. I will. (laughs) I've got you. (laughs) Okay. So... I want to ask you a few kind of fun questions because I feel like you're just this wealth of knowledge. So what is the best thing that you've done for yourself and or your business in your journey of entrepreneurship? Going to therapy. 100%. I love this answer. Okay. Tell me more about this because this is something that we haven't talked about on the podcast. But I have a lot of thoughts around, so I'm really glad we're diving into this. Yes. Mental health is so important. Like, oh my gosh, I had not gone to therapy until I was an adult married with children. And I started to see like, oh, there are some things I don't like about the way I respond to things. And so I've been to multiple different therapists because it takes some time to really find one that you jive with. The therapist I'm seeing now, I've been seeing for almost two years and she is incredible. And it's made the biggest impact in my life because just having that person 
who doesn't really have, I don't know, like a horse in the race, I guess you could say, like just really has no input on it personally and can listen with an unbiased mind and be like, hey, actually, about what you just said, do you think that's a healthy mindset to have? So, okay, here's an example. I grew up, which no fault of my parents, but I grew up with this like all or nothing mentality. My dad used to tell me, he'd be like, if you can't do something 100%, then don't even do it at all. Because if you do 99%, all anyone's going to see is the 1% you didn't get done. And I took that to so much heart. And I don't think he meant it the way I absorbed it into my soul. But (laughs) it's literally how I've lived my life as such a perfectionist. And it kept me from doing a course. It kept me from going to conferences. It kept me from taking on big name clients. It like kept me from so much because I just had this imposter syndrome and perfectionism and all these like Enneagram three oldest child type A, like like things in my head. Right. And I said that to my therapist one day. I was like, why am I so stuck? And she was like, Ashley, if you came to my house and I cleaned 99% of my baseboards, but I missed 1%, would you notice? And I was like, no, I wouldn't even notice if your baseboards were like on fire, probably. (laughs) She was like, so what do you think about that thought? And I was like, I think I just discovered my next three sessions. (laughs) literally. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because when you start working in the online business space, you kind of enter this new realm of entrepreneurship where you are in control of like the boat. You're Uh building it and also steering it at the same time. And that's a lot of pressure. And I think that brings up a lot of those things, whether they're from like our childhood or just like things that we picked up along the way. And somehow we've made those our truths. You know, yes. like, <laughs> I, yeah. like, I don't think your dad meant that in any sort of bad way. And no. I can probably think of like five things that my parents have said to me that are like old cliches that I also yeah. internalize because that's just like what happens, right? Yeah. But I think somehow in entrepreneurship, all of that's magnified because now like you're the leader, you have to make decisions. And there's this added layer of pressure that I don't think anyone really talks about. Like, yes, I think that being a virtual assistant and owning your own business and having an agency is like the best thing ever. Even on my Mm -hmm. work days, I'm still not going back to a nine to five corporate job or even like working part-time anywhere. I am like sticking it out. But sometimes it's hard. And like, you're asking yourself like, why the heck am I stuck? Like, this makes no sense. This is so frustrating. I have like this pattern of behavior. I love that you like sought out help and you're still doing it two years later, which means it's clearly working, which is amazing. And it's like, I think people think, do you have to go to therapy or if you go to therapy, you have some like huge looming trauma in your life. And I mean, yeah, that's probably it like some of the time, but also I think everyone has trauma in their life, whether it's big T trauma or little T trauma, there is something that has happened to you that you could benefit from talking through it with someone who's trained and a professional just help you see a different perspective. So I, I love it. Whenever people come to me and they're like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, go to therapy. (laughs) They're like, no, no, it's my business. I'm like, go to therapy. Do you need a reference? Like go to therapy. Okay. That leads me to my next question. And if you're not comfortable answering, that is totally fine. Where would you suggest if somebody was like, I feel like I might want to go down this path. Where do you have a resource that they could look or check out or a website or anything like that that might be helpful? Yeah, 100%. So you can go to psychologytoday.com and look up therapists in your area. And there's like little bios and pictures that you can look at of the therapist around you. And you can also see if they take your insurance or like things like that. Um, and those are, that's actual like therapist. I'm not talking life coaches, which I do think there's a place for life coaching as well. And I have an incredible life coach I can give as a reference to, but for an actual therapist, psychology today is definitely the way to go for sure. Amazing. Okay. 
I know you're not trained in any of this, but because we're having (laughs) this conversation, here I am asking you these questions. What is the biggest difference that you've noticed as someone that's been on the receiving end of therapy versus somebody that's doing life coaching? And how did you choose between the two? Absolutely. So a therapist is going to be trained in like the DSM-5. So I actually do have a master's in crisis counseling because I was a social worker before. I'm not like... I'm not really a licensed, I'm not a licensed therapist. I did not finish all of the things that you have to do, but I know enough to be dangerous. So everyone double check me before you, before you do this. In my experience on the receiving end of things though, I will say that going to therapy allowed me to talk things out, dive into past experiences, maybe see some of my life from a different perspective. And it was just like very introspective for me. And it did help me as far as like processing things and adjusting, like realizing what my own triggers are and then learning some tools to handle my emotions. Life coaching has been more forward thinking for me. And it's been about like setting a vision for what I want my life, my next 90 days, like however the life coach does it. And then learning the tools to get there. It's been more about like, what do I want and need for myself to be able to come to this like next version of me? Whereas therapy has been more like accepting the past version of me and helping heal her and bringing her forward with me into this new version. Yeah. Okay. That is a perfect way of putting it. And I'll link to the resources that Ashley mentioned in the show notes in case you guys are interested in checking them out. Because I do think that that's so valuable. And I feel like everybody needs that. I mean, maybe that's just my opinion, but I I I agree. I agree 100%. Yeah. I'm like, everybody needs that. Okay. So... Totally shifting gears. Away. <laughs> okay. Okay. We can come back anytime. I love this conversation, by the way, so much. <laughs> okay. Shifting back to Facebook ads. I want to get a little bit technical here because I just, first of all, can I just say how much I love the fact that we've gone from entrepreneurship to mental health to now back to Facebook ads? Yes. I feel like this is perfectly encompassing of like who I am and what this podcast is. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay. So a lot of times when people hear Facebook ads, they get like a little intimidated by that mm-hmm. or they're like either one of two things. There's no way I can do it myself or I don't want to do it myself and I want to hire somebody. So mm-hmm. let's first off talk about that person that's like, I might want to DIY this for myself and my business. Where would you advise them starting? First of all, if you are thinking you want to DIY Facebook ads, go you because it's like a mental shift to get over it. And it's totally doable. You can 100% do it. There are a lot of different ways you can start with it. Facebook actually has a course called Facebook Blueprint and you can go there and it's all free and you can just take all of this information. I will say that Facebook Blueprint can be incredibly overwhelming and it's like, It's like, if you're like, Hey, I think I want to find out about the ocean and someone just like dumps the Pacific on top of you. It's kind of like "Mm, maybe a little much. So I actually have a course coming out. I'm not trying to like, I mean, I am plugging it, but also trying not saying that's the only way, but I have a course. It's going to be called ad architect and it's part of the paid ad Academy, which is like a collection of resources for people who might want to DIY. And the biggest thing is starting with strategy and knowing where you want to go with your ads. So we're going to have blueprints, which are just like pre-done business. Like if your business model is e-com, then you'll get the e-com blueprint and you'll be like, oh, I need to run these three ads. This is how I do it. And then go in and just do it. Or I need to run an application base. Like if you're you know, a VA or if you're doing whatever, then you need to run these two types of ads and this is how you do it. So having that strategy first 
is incredibly important. And then the rest of it is just figuring out what buttons to push and how to like keep track of it and monitor it. So I won't say that it's easy, but I will say it's simple if you are willing to put in the time and the effort into it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm so excited about the course. We will link to the waitlist so that as soon as it comes out, everybody can hop on that. I think it's really valuable too, even if you have an ads manager to understand the information, because I know personally, like I don't have the time to sit down and do Facebook ads, but I am interested in the information to make sure that like my overall strategy makes sense for my business. And sometimes I think it kind of helps if you understand like how the car works a little bit before you drive it, you know? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you said that too, because even if you're going to hire an ads manager, you should still understand the basic concepts of how Facebook ads work because no one knows your business like you do. And so no one can tell you exactly what strategy is going to work for your business. The only reason I know a strategy that's going to work for you, Amanda, for example, is because I feel like you have told me so many amazing things about your business. I understand like it's a webinar model into this and then we do that. And there's still pieces of it like we have to learn along the way. But if you had come to me and like, I don't know, we have this video and people kind of sign up for email, like it would have been so much harder. So there's so many pros to at least having a basic understanding of ads themselves too. Yeah. Which, okay, leads me into my next question. So let's say somebody was looking to hire out Facebook or Google ads. Mm-hmm. What are some red flags of a management company that you've seen that you just want to like forewarn people about to so just like kind of protect them a little bit? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So unfortunately, there are some people who utilize third-party applications to run ads and then they call themselves an ads agency or an ads whatever. And really they're not doing anything. They don't even understand it. They're like using this third-party platform, which third-party platforms can be helpful for information, like tracking and those kind of things. But you should still be in ads manager and making sure that Facebook is doing what you want it to do. So here's some things to ask an ads manager if you're hiring them. Ask them if they use ads manager within Facebook or if they use a third-party platform and let them explain to you like the pros and cons of whatever their answer is. Ask them how often they're actually in your account looking at your numbers because you don't want someone who sets it and forgets it. That's how things go crazy. Also ask them about reporting and how often you're going to actually receive the information that is like on the ads manager because, okay, another example for you, because you are our client and we love you. So in your reports, we have the spreadsheet that we work on every week. Some people use automated reports and that's that's fine. There's really nothing wrong with using automated reports. We just like to manually do it because we want to go in and like have the time to process through all the numbers. And plus, we also use conversion percentages for things that aren't within ads manager. And so if we're doing that part of it, it's a little bit more because we're looking at it from a big picture within your business's full like strategy and goals instead of just the ads. So there's different strategies, different things. And also the way the algorithm changes so much, you really need to hire an ads manager who's going to be innovative in the type of ads and the type of targeting and the type of objectives they're going to choose. Unfortunately, in the past like two weeks, I've seen no less than four people come to me with these extremely outdated ad strategies in their accounts and they're not working. And they're like, well, I paid this person like thousands of dollars and I don't know why it's not working. I'm like, because Facebook doesn't work like that and hasn't for like a year. And I don't know why they're still trying to do this for you. I hate that for people. Like I'm not saying you have to hire us, but just vet your people and make sure that they're willing to change and willing to move with the times for sure. Yeah, totally. I mean, I feel like especially when you're relying on a third-party platform, you have to keep up with the changes. It's kind of like 
an Instagram social media manager that like doesn't know that like reels exist. <laughs> It'd be like, wait, what? Yes, that's 100% what it's like. They're like, oh, I'm still going to use a traffic ad and it'll be fine. People will buy it. I'm like, no, they won't. That's not, Facebook has gotten too smart. The other piece of it is too, like Facebook wants you to succeed. If you, if you bank money on Facebook, you're going to put more money into Facebook. So they want you to do well. And they're really getting smart with all the tools they're building into Ads Manager itself. So you have to be willing to like, do some testing and get in there and let Facebook use its brain and see what happens. So it's so hard. I have so much love for anyone who's trying to walk this path because I know it's scary. Yeah. And okay. I love that you said that though, because I think that's something to take note of is Facebook is a business and you're right. Mm -hmm. They, They want the people on the platform to succeed because if they offer this as a service and this is how they make their revenue and it's quote unquote free for everybody else is because of the ads and the ads aren't working, then people won't put money into ads. So you're right. And I see the same thing because we do some like organic, like social media stuff for our clients. And the same thing is true of things like Pinterest. And even honestly, like a lot of times people are like, oh, the algorithm's out to get me. And I'm like, no, the algorithm actually wants you to succeed because if you're succeeding on the algorithm, you're going to continue to use the platform. You're going to create a larger audience that will in turn draw people like me who are like, oh, maybe I want to spend a little bit of money on ads or or whatever the case. So yeah, I just love that so much. Okay, another thing that you said was that you kind of focus on the big picture, because I think Mm -hmm. what sometimes people don't realize is that ads are a piece of the puzzle. It's not necessarily the whole entire puzzle, but it's kind of like if you wanted to make the puzzle fit together, ads could be a portion of that. And so one thing that I love about you and your agency is that you guys are really great at looking at the business from a bird's eye view and understanding how ads fit into that structure. Can you like quickly walk me through what your overall strategy for this is? And first off, how you even got into kind of doing this in conjunction with ads? Yeah. I mean, one of the first ads courses I took talked a lot about customer journey and how to utilize ads within the customer journey. And they're showing these like, I don't know if you'd call it a mind map, but it's like squares and circles and all these connections for different pieces of your business. And for me, it really took years for that to evolve into the system that we have now and lots and lots of education and learning from other people. And a lot of funnel education, honestly, has been super helpful when it comes to figuring this out. But if we can actually map out what your business model is and take people from just finding out about you all the way to whatever your final goal is, whether it's making a purchase or joining your community or whatever, and then map out every step along the way, then you can figure out where people are falling off. You can figure out how to patch up those holes, whether it's with ads or email or whatever, and then like just fill it in. So I also agree that ads are just a small, small part of a business. And I don't even think that they're required for every business. Just like not every business has a website, which is crazy to think about, but there are lots of businesses out there who are very successful and don't have a website or don't have Instagram or whatever. So sometimes I think we get stuck in this cycle of thinking our business has to look like everyone else's. And it really doesn't. But if you want to utilize paid advertising, it can speed up some processes that might otherwise take longer because you're basically just pouring gasoline on it to get more eyeballs on whatever it is the offer is. So you have to make sure the offer is good first. And that's why we do what we do because we have learned the hard way that if we take on clients whose offer isn't good or their funnel's not working or whatever, the ads are only going to make the problem worse. And that person is going to be super mad at us. And again, with the like introvert conflict avoiding, I'm like, 
I never want anyone to be mad at me. So like, please, if these ads aren't going to work for you, do not hire me. Like it's not going to work. Go focus on this instead first. So every discovery call I have, we map out the business. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you and I did this too on like our discovery call. I map out the whole business and say, okay, this is all working. It looks great. I do my research beforehand to make sure that all the sales funnels are working. And then like, yes, I can help you. Or no, I can't help you. I think you should focus on XYZ. And if they take that advice, great. If they don't, that's okay too. But I at least can sleep at night knowing that I'm doing hopefully the right thing for these people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. If somebody was looking to maybe audit their own strategy, they're like, okay, this sounds interesting. Maybe I should look and see what is my customer journey and map it Uh out. And like, does this make sense? Do you have any advice for how they could do that themselves or like a tool that they could use? Yeah, absolutely. When I first started, I really liked, I'm a very tactical person. So I like pen to paper, whiteboards, like all that kind of stuff. It just, oh, sets my soul on fire. So I used to love to get a glass of wine, turn the music up. I'm a big fan of Hamilton. So I love listening to Hamilton while I'm doing this and just like mapping things out. So I use like a square and I'll just write, okay, how are people going to find me first? And there's lots of different ways, but let's just take one. That's the thing. Don't get caught up in all the webs. Just take the most direct route you can. So let's say like, okay, they're going to find me on Instagram. They're going to go to my website. Then they're going to go to my sales page. Then they're going to go to a checkout link. And then they're going to go to a confirmation. Boom. Now we're going to find out, okay, what happens if they don't go to the sales page? Well, maybe they signed up for my pop-up that then has an email sequence. And then the emails are going to push them back to the sales page. If you want to do ads, honestly, I put ads in as the last piece of that puzzle. I try to put email in first because it's more cost efficient. And then ads go on at the end. But yeah, whatever works for you. We we also use Whimsical. Um, That's just like an online version that you can use if you're not a whiteboard type person. And that's what I use now because it's faster. But Man, I still love a good whiteboard session every now and then. So, so do I. Uh, my husband has like a corporate job, and sometimes they give away office supplies that they don't <sighs> need. And the other day, he brought home this ginormous whiteboard, and I was like, "Is that for me?" And you would have thought, like, <laughs> I mean, you would have thought he bought me like a couple thousand dollar like designer bag. I was so excited. I was I like, "Love that!" Oh my god, give me that whiteboard. Yes, put it up on my wall. I don't care. It's ugly. Like, it's <laughs> I can't wait. But actually, I love that so much. You were the one who introduced me to Whimsical, and I am hooked on that as an online platform. I like being able yes. to map things out, and it's really easy to use. And mm-hmm. even though I Canva has my heart, Whimsical yes. when it comes to like mapping out funnels is a little bit easier to use. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I used to use. Canva too. I have a lot of templates saved in Canva. And then my business coach from this past quarter introduced me to Whimsical. So it's a newer a newer tool for us too, but it's just so much simpler. It is. Yeah, I really like it. Um, I'm a fan. You guys go check it out and it's free. So that's a win. Okay. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to yourself when you were first starting out in your journey? So we're going full circle here all the way back to the beginning of our conversation. If you're like, okay, baby, Ashley, this is advice I'm going to give you. What would it be? I think leaning into the fear and leaning into being afraid of failing, but knowing that failure is really just teaching a lesson and that you can't learn that lesson if you don't fail. I think I thought if I failed one time that I was done. (laughs) That was like the end of it. I was like, oh, well, business is not happening for me. I guess I'm going back to work. But it's not like that. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I failed. Hundreds of times. I've started even like little offshoots of my business in multiple different ways. And they failed, and some of them spectacularly. And I've just learned, and I've learned lessons. And people look at me now, and they're like, "Oh, you have, you know, like a six-figure business, and you have fourteen members, and blah 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 blah." And I'm like, 
Well, yes, I do. But I've also launched things and had no sales. (laughs) Or I've gone times when everybody's quit and I've had like no one left and I didn't know what I was going to do. There have been times of immense failure, but it's getting back up and being willing to get back up. And if I could just go back in time and tell myself that like, you're going to fail and it's going to be okay. Like just keep moving forward, which is like so funny because that's a Disney quote that I love. Keep moving forward. It's like my life motto. I have it as a sticky note on my computer. Keep moving forward. There is more. I wish I could tell myself that. I love that so much. And I think that is great advice. I feel like I need that sticky note on my wall too. Um, Okay. One thing that I like to do is just like fun rapid fire questions. So whatever comes to your mind, just shout it out. Are you ready? Okay. I'm so ready. What are you currently craving? Brownies. Oh my God. Yes. This is why we're (laughs) friends. Okay. What is inspiring you or who is inspiring you right now? Elise Myers. TikTok. Ooh. Okay. I don't, but I'm like, I'm not really. You have to follow her. She's the best follow. Okay. (laughs) Um, Something you are excited for. Ooh. Alt Summit this this weekend with you. California. Yes. It's going to be so fun. Um, Okay, best advice you've ever been given? Don't give up. That's the best advice. And the biggest lesson that you've had to learn? That the people closest to you probably won't understand, at least at first. And maybe (laughs) maybe still 10 years down the road, not. (laughs) Maybe ever. My husband does, but, you know, family and friends, they're like, what are you doing? Why don't you have a job? I'm like, I make more than most of you combined. Come on, (laughs) stop. That's oh my god! So rude of me, but like, come on! It's so funny, but yeah. Well, this has been such a treat. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can everybody follow along with you? Find you? Give us all the places. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. I've loved this so much. It's been my first podcast interview ever, and it's been the most wonderful. So thank you. Yay! Um. Everyone can find me on Instagram at ash-sue, all written out. Or you can find me on my website at ash-sue, which is ash-sue.com. I know, very confusing, but I have faith in you guys to figure it out. So those are the two best places. <laughs> okay, amazing. Well, we'll put the links to those in the show notes too. Thank you again so much. My pleasure. Have a great day. You just finished another episode of the Millennial Mom Movement Podcast. And because I know you're a mover and shaker, here's your action item. Snap a screenshot of this episode, share it over on Instagram, and tag me at Amanda Rush Holmes. Each week, I'll pick one person and send you a Starbucks gift card on me as my way of saying, hey, thanks for hanging out with me on the regular and being a part of this incredible movement. See you next week.